Welcome to the Spicy PL Podcast. All right, Spicy PL Pod, episode 49. We're back at you for, you know, the second part of this recording session because we didn't want to talk too much about, you know, nationals, all that shit. We got some other shit to talk about, and so we felt it would be best to just separate it out. Yeah, we like... We like these episodes where it's just us talking, huh? Yeah, I mean, we just like talking bullshit anyway, and so this is less of a recap and more of a just... This is more of a shit shooter. Shooting the shitter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, sponsored by Quest Nutrition and Athletics. Shout out Sherman Ledford. Um, go check out the website. Buy some of the buy some of the subs. Buy some of the equipment. Um, we're going to get some new recording equipment with some of the money they sent us, so shout out. Yep. Buy nitrous. Go, 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 go. Yeah, nitrous. Go, go, go. There should be some memes. Like, first of all, we need to get an Instagram page because people are like, dude, how do you not have an Instagram page for the podcast? And then Quest definitely needs an Instagram page too. And they need some memes from like the Fast and the Furious with the nitrous. <laughs> yeah. With the yeah. nitrous shit. Like, yeah, I mean, nitrous. I've... And then the car blows up and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be like someone squatting. Yeah, I went, on the, I went on the Fast and Furious ride at Universal when we were down there and uh, made me think, you know, hit the nitrous. Hit the nitrous, dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, you know. And Quest is like family, you yeah. know? It's like it's like uh, Vin Diesel and yeah. the FF series. Yeah, for real. Like, there would be so many Fast and Furious memes. All you need is family. We just need to make memes. I just do it the podcast thing like it would be good if we had it but we would 100% do a horrible job like I guess we just need to try a little harder we just like do this for fun yeah like we just like talking shit I I thought it would be a good idea people want to hear what Joe's got to say and the conversations we have in private are really funny and so I just thought you know we should record them we should record them like we wanted Luis on it but it's too fucked up for Luis to be on we don't want to screw up his business he can't, fucked up for Scott. He can't be associated with this stuff, and he doesn't have the same opinions as us, and we by no means, sh- you know, like, we should disassociate ourselves from Luis because he's an upstanding person, and he's, yeah, you know, we're, he's way nicer than us. We're not in his basement. He's way more professional than us. We're definitely not in his basement right now. We're definitely not recording this with his equipment. Yeah, everybody loves Luis. I never met anybody that doesn't love Luis. I meet him in person. He's a great guy. He's yeah, he happy. is. What can I do for you? What can we do together, you know? Just a great. He is. He's way better I'm, than us. Like, we're, like, we're, <laughs> like you're being sarcastic, but like no, we're being serious. Like, I'm not. He is, you know, very, you know, friendly to everybody, and he doesn't talk shit like this. He talks a little bit, but not even close to what we talk. Yeah. You know, yeah. he just likes people to train before they go to worlds. That's his number one thing. He likes keeping his business private, unless it's some crazy dinner, and he just goes crazy on Instagram posting about that. But that's that's, about that's where it. the term "post and boast" came. It's from yeah. Luis. <laughs> He's the king of posting and boasting, but that's yeah. about it. Anyway, All right, let's so get what, into forty nine. So, what we want to talk about first? I mean, is it is it shitting on raw cooks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we open every episode. We love we love doing that. Yeah, we're gonna save this, so we made sure that both episodes um, shit on raw lifters. Um, so. This is just today. I posted, like, powerfully North America posted some video of a kid squatting, like, uh, like 250. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't even care what weight class it is. All right, Buy cool. Something. And uh, 
It just looked normal. And it was like, does this ever happen to you? And then there were like seven people trying to pull his knee sleeves off with straps. He couldn't get his sleeves off. And so I reposted the, <laughs> I reposted on my story like soft-handed, soft-legged, raw bitches or some shit. I don't even know what I said. I got like 50 DMs. Everybody agreeing like that. People that do that are idiots. And that, you know, a lot of raw hate. Or just wear knee wraps or fucking, you know, you want to lift like that, lift geared, shit like that. Um, also, just like a lot of sentiment that there's no point wearing your knee sleeves that tight. Yeah. Well, I, I'll i have somewhat contrarian view just to play devil's advocate. You love doing that. I love to. I mean, we need the balance, right? Yeah. We need to have, we can't just go all all full bore one direction. What well, I will say. You are a lifter. I'm you're a body, not a raw I'm a, cook. I'm a bodybuilder. You're a raw lifter, but you're one of the. You're not a cook. I mean, the last meet I did was equip. I started out equip. I've lifted yeah. raw. I'm, I'm a bodybuilder. Yeah. I just do it all. I see all. I see all views. Yeah, you're wearing your stringer. I'm wearing a stringer. So what I'll say is this. I guess, I think it was a joke, maybe, like the, the shit was on really tight, but and they had and they were using a strap and shit, but. I think they were having too much fun. Like, I think they were, like, enjoying, you know, grabbing onto each other and pulling on each other. Well, Mayhart made a good point. And it's thought like, it was real fun. And maybe like, that type of lifter just wants some people to yeah. like, just get views because it's such a stupid video. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they thought, like, when we used to lift in college, right, we'd do that type of shit to pull off, like, a shirt. Yeah. And it was always a good time. It was always funny. Like someone was losing their blood circulation and like we Luis. were laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, someone. Someone. But like it was always hilarious. And then like it would always be more fun. Like we'd have more people than we needed to rip the shirt off just oh, because be everybody. Spreading, there was yeah. like we convinced someone you got to spread peanut butter on your thighs to get your deadlift suit off yeah. or something. Like we'd like just that. be doing stupid <laughs> shit. So like maybe these raw lifters, it's a different generation. You know, maybe they're just having fun. You know, see, I didn't see a little it bit. I, I thought he actually, those guys were actually trying to get no, his knees. Those guys were all really giggling hard. and all giddy and touching each other. The kid, but the kid with the sleeves on, the shit was, was on really, t- it was on tight. He it was, was on t- pain. I guess my whole point is like, if I, if I'm cold, like I just stretched and then I'm putting my knee sleeves and my squat shoots on, like you're getting this cold material on, you're, you're, you're pretty cold. Mm-hmm. If you can get the sleeve on, and after the workout, usually my sleeves are wet, and they've also been it's different. wrung out a little it's bit. It's different for you. I mean, it comes off. I have huge, humongous calves. No, see, the thing is, when you got, when you're like pretty muscular and lean, you know, not that I'm that muscular or lean, but you get more of a pump in your legs, and the shit gets tighter, and then sometimes if it's too tight to roll, like if it's really stretched and you can't roll it that well, then you get more friction because of the wetness. Like it sticks more. Mm. Like if you have to pull it and slide it, it doesn't slide as easy as when it's dry. Like it slides easier when it's dry. And like if you can roll it, maybe it'll be easy when it's wet. But yeah. if it's super tight, it's it's really hard. First of all, that, that having these sleeves that tight, it's it's against the rules. Oh, yeah. No, I agree 100%. So why would you even have that in training? It's kind of dumb. You're a mediocre lifter. Most of these lifters are mediocre that we're talking about. Like When we say raw cocks, we're not talking about Terrell Atwood, Russ Orhey, Dennis Cornelius. Those guys are all normal. 
Yeah, it's in jest. It's in jest. No, there's just a large population of mediocre lifters who do ridiculous shit. Like the raw cucks are the ones that fucked up Dan Uh, Bell's gym and don't rack the. It's not in jest. I'm serious. I just want to be clear who I'm talking about. You know. Not yeah. It's not every raw lifter is a cuck, but some raw lifters are. So let's get yeah. We'll get back on it. So you think it's legitimate issue that sometimes if you're lean, it could be hard to get your sleeves off your pumped leg. Yeah, but, but this was obviously entirely too tight for for well, regulations. What I want to ask you is if you think there's a point in wearing sleeves that tight. No, probably you, not. Do you think you're getting five kilos extra versus a size up? I think at some point the, the sleeve, know. if it's too small, like is. it's not long enough, you're getting less carryover. Like when Ray it's was wearing enough, small yeah. sleeves or, or whatever, medium sleeves, and getting them on somehow, I don't fucking know. It barely covered us. Like, I like more quad coverage when I wear wraps or sleeves. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, the question is, like, how much carryover are people getting out of sleeves? Like, the top-level athletes. I don't really know. I mean, we're talking about these insert, these crazy insert knee sleeves. I'm curious, like, what the difference in carryover is truly going to be. I think, like, I, I want to we'll see a side-by-side side comparison. We'll find out from somebody eventually. Because there's some amount that's, like... Warmth of the joint, just giving you confidence to go yeah. down in there and stability. There's some amount of stretching the front out and having it spring back. Not a lot. And Not then there's lot, some yeah. amount of it scrunching up behind your knee and your joint kind of bouncing off of it. Um, I think that's some amount of the component of, of the carryover. Um, but I don't know how much it is. Like, I honestly don't think I get that much out of knee sleeves. No, and now we're talking about how Ten. much do you get if you size down, which could how much extra nothing, Who and knows? it's not worth it. I mean, it it if that's I don't think that much. I think it could be detri- in a meet. It could be detrimental to your deadlift getting your sleeves on and off. Maybe some of the good raw lifters that listen to this can chime in. I don't think know? good raw lifters listen. There's a couple, you know. Maybe Bryce is like, listening to it while like if it's on in the background. I know, like Eric listens. He's pretty oh, Eric. Decent. Eric, yeah. Um. Maybe Chance might tune in here and there, you know? Maybe not anymore. Maybe not anymore, hopefully. Whatever. Chance, is, he's a good man. He's a little controversial. He might. He probably is very opinionated on the matter. Yeah. But, but yeah. I love Maybe to, we should I just shoot him a message and ask him. I'd love to talk to Chance. Anyway, that was something that happened today, and I just, you know, put it out there. So if you you're willing there's to, just no point. Well, I just think if, you know, going back to the last episode, if you're willing to spray shit on your body, you're yeah. willing to... Um, wear knee sleeves that you can't get off by yourself. Yeah. Well, try, so so try what some about equipped lifting? You're obviously looking for edges. What about the USPA? Like, is that the rule there on being able to roll them off without say. anybody else? I would imagine there you is know, no within rule. a certain time frame. I imagine they don't have a rule. But so maybe it was a USPA lifter. He was wearing a flex shirt. Yeah, uh, oh. very high chancey. USAPL lifter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of silly. It's probably it's probably for the likes and shit, but very the high shit chance was very tight. He, very high chance that lifter would use those knee sleeves to pad his knees while he sucked yeah. some people's dicks. So like the other <laughs> point I could say is like in training, maybe you want to like overload with like tighter knees, but it's dumb cuz you're not going to overload no, that much. No. You might as well just fucking squat and knee wraps, you know. Reverse band. Reverse band, Box whatever. Squats, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of dumb. No, raw lifters don't overload. I was trying to like come up with some counterpoint, but the shit was dumb. It's dumb. Don't it's do dumb. it. It's Just dumb. get the thickest knee sleeves available. The Inter Ergo Pros, not sponsored. 
you might need to you might need to two or three people to help you get those shits off if you get well like, if you don't tight. get the right size it's you're hard. fucked. so don't size down on those but um i just want to sell as many as possible because fuck sbd we get nothing from Ninzer. yeah dude i i hope that they get on the quest website so that we can just say go to we quest can just and fucking buy that pump shit them. yeah that's gonna be the best yeah so speaking of um you know new additions of gear to websites mm. I saw that the F8 Custom is now going to be offered on Anderson Powerlifting. So, like I said, like after we did, we went down to Texas and watched the fucking uh, Bad Spencer and all those guys were in the FA or Rob Farrell shirts or whatever you want to call them. The band, the rubber shirts. The rubber. I messaged that guy and I was seeing what it would take for me to get one. And the whole process was basically like, he had a website, but basically you just had to talk to him, tell him what size you wanted, what you wanted, and it was pretty expensive maybe it was like between four and six hundred dollars to get one of these things and i was just gonna get it just for like a bit on the pod to see if i can bench like 900 in it or some shit mm-hmm. um but it probably would have took like a few weeks of training to get used to it wouldn't be a bit in the pod i want to see you like enter one of these competitions oh uh, maybe home. but so maybe i'll call ken and get one sized up and just buy it but um anyway so I think it was a good move for that guy who's like based somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania and just sews these in his gym. And it seemed like he was doing pretty well because people want these things, you know, multiply yeah. lifters want these shirts um, to go through Anderson. So he can just, he can just make a bunch and then send them. This is what these gear distributors do. Like instead of, you know, Anderson being a Titan dealer, instead of you calling Titan and then they make your stuff from scratch, Titan will make a hundred shirts in each 100 katanas in each size send them to ken anderson ken anderson pays a lower price because they're buying a massive amount of gear and then ken anderson just resells them on his website so they're ready to go that's why i I order my shirts from anderson because i know i can get it in five days Mm -hmm. right so now this guy instead of everything being f8 customs and custom shirts well i'm sure you can probably still order custom stuff but he's going to be able to sell more shirts quicker through ken anderson and just get more shirts out the door he doesn't have to carry stock and carry that cost ken takes on the the risk and carries the stock um so it's good it's a good move for him so now people can it's easier access you don't have to dm this random guy in pittsburgh to get one of these things more shirts more people getting annihilated (laughs) a thousand pounds more broken rib cages more broken forearms how (laughs) what do you think is going to happen it's basically that. I don't think that many people are going to try them. I think they'll they'll sell a couple hundred of them though, and and the the price point is you know Ken and this guy will make they'll make some pocket change. Ken's Ken Ken's fine from what I heard. Yeah, when Ken's Ken. So what I know is that Ken made out like a bandit before SBD USA existed, and Ken was the um, sole source for SBD knee sleeves and things in the U.S. Um, was making good money so oh, just yeah. reselling spd stuff I can only imagine they would ship much. containers of knee sleeves to texas and then he would sell them i mean the knee sleeve business is good yeah pete spence is doing good dude. ken anderson gave the the reason i wear spds because ken anderson gave me a pair of 3xl spds at 2014 worlds and uh i won't say good things about the sleeves because they did just burst apart at some point but i did use them for seven years on and off. So those are also like the original SPDs before they allegedly, you know, cut some corners. All right. So like right now, it seems like you and King of the Lifts are on decent terms, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Like he said, he you know he posts some stuff equipped. If you well, I gotta send him some of this stuff. You still didn't send him nothing, right? Yeah, I gotta. We're about to talk about some stuff. I like I want to. You think he put Jimmy Cobb on King of the Lefts, or is it on there? Like I didn't even look. I don't think so. But anyway, so this is another thing. Jimmy Cobb posted this. Yeah. That the FH shirts are coming to Anderson. So, will we see Jimmy Cobb in one of these shirts? Will we see a twelve hundred no. pound bench? No. Yeah, I don't know. No. Jimmy's not even wearing multiplier right now. <laughs> no, no. He no. did the biggest. So this weekend, he did the biggest bench of all time in a single ply shirt, bigger than any multiply or rubber. Eleven twenty. Eleven twenty. He opened at it. I think he took two shots at it, but the one he made, the video I saw of it, it was clean. It was a clean eleven twenty bench. It was crisp. It was like, you really don't see that much. Yeah, you don't see that. It took him a while to touch. You got to press him in. He locked both his arms out. It's it's a short range of motion. Yeah, he's, he's built a huge man. His belly is huge. Huge short arms, big belly, but he fucking locked it hard and uh, eleven twenty yeah. bench in the it books. Was crisp. So you know the best bench in the world, poly, rubber, unlimited anything, super katana, natty, natty, natty. Jimmy Cobb Natty. Yeah. He's just built the bench, dude. Yeah. When we were down in Texas, I'm not I'm not hundred percent convinced, man, but some people are super smooth and just dick strong and built for one specific built lift. For the lift. He looked like I forget the name of the um the Spider Man villain. But um you know the Spider-Man villain that looks like a rhino? I don't watch a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. Like the cartoon, like not not the movies, like the cartoon. There's this villain, he's like a rhino, and he's like he's like this tall and this wide, and he's got like a rhino horn. I think of Jimmy Cobb because he's, he's got, got the, the mohawk, mohawk and shit, and he's like just jacked like this rhino guy. He looks exactly like that to me. But like, yeah, like you said, he's got this giant belly, short arms. He trains the bench only, basically. It's a chance, man. He didn't look as fucked up as the other guys yeah. when we went down there. Like his skin looked pretty good. It might be, it might be legit. I don't even know. But even if he wasn't, it's the craziest shit. There's a guy named craziest Rhino. Bench. There's a villain named Rhino. Yeah, look at the images of him. Tell me it's not Jimmy Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Oh shit, dude. We're gonna run out of battery. All right, hold on. <laughs> hold your dick. One sec. Hold your dick. I'm just going to go freestyle. You're in trouble. So what I just think is crazy about Jimmy Cobb is that I saw him just like posting on a story after the meet was over. The guy just fucking bench 1120 single ply. The meet was up at York Barbell. And uh, I guess he's driving back down to Virginia in like his little sedan with his wife and his dog. Like a long ride. I'm just like, can someone get this guy a plane ticket? Does he want to sit in a plane seat? Maybe he doesn't even. Did he fly to Texas? Like, should I ask him that? I don't even know. But Jimmy Cobb, best bencher in the world, is doing like 12-hour drives to do these benches there and back in a weekend with his wife and dog. So, uh, I mean, that's grassroots, old-school powerlifting shit. 
Um, he's definitely no lifting diva, but I just thought that was crazy. He was just posting from his story, kind of recapping the day from his little sedan driving. Nobody was even driving him. He's just driving. Who's the best single ply lifter ever? Bench or just like Bencher. all time? Single ply bencher ever? Yeah. Jimmy Cobb. Jimmy Cobb. Yeah. But he's driving around doing these means. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was, I was watching this Instagram. He, he drove like 12 hours to York Barbell. So what meet was back. that? Because I know that there was the Erie meet in the Pennsylvania area. So he just went. But that meet hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So he's he in wasn't invited area. to that meet, and he said he wouldn't do a metal militia meet. Yeah. He's he doesn't seem like he's boys with the metal militia people, and they, they've had their disagreements. So, do you think that he's gonna cuck them? Like, do you think anybody at that metal militia meet is gonna be? Oh, there? I mean, they're gonna try. You think Scott Mendelson's not gonna load it? You think that? fucking um tony carlino's not gonna load it do you think anybody will get it no no i don't think they control will barati could get it but will barati tore his bicep bowling with his kids so he's out will barati could get it you gotta be careful bowling i've had the soreness i don't bowl i don't do anything anymore j mike my paddle board victim to luggage will barati victim to bowling ball yeah it's the dumb shit you gotta be careful, man. <laughs> Are we done with Jimmy? I mean, Jimmy's awesome, but I don't want to. St- it was a, it was just a small meet, ten lifters. Jimmy opened at a record. He got a clean lift. Doesn't matter who the judges are. It's a world record because I mean, he he did a legitimate bench. It was and he posted two. It was views. awesome. He posted yeah. two camera angles. They were a mile away, but you can. That's the thing. They were a mile away, but you can also tell from a mile away that it was clean. Well, no, I mean, like he posted the one. The, the up the crotch, you know, like Dick, yeah, a hundred feet away, Dick, d- dead on Dick, yeah. So you can see both arms, Dick the crowd, Dick the crowd, mm-hmm. from the front, so you can see the perfect. You can see the gooch. He has a enormous gooch. Yeah, and then he posted one, you know, from the like the horizontal, so you can see the touch, nice. Yeah, shit was good, man. That's, That's it. Eleven twenty. I don't think anybody's gonna beat it. I I think well, I no one's s- gonna beat it in a super katana. No, no, play. no, no. But then if Jimmy gets one of these things from Anderson, one of these rubber shirts, yeah, I mean, we could see 1,200. We could see 1,150. He know? might do it. The guy is a professional Because Jimmy's just feeling good in his Super Katana, but there's guys like Tony Carlino. Tony Carlino's like a 1,000-pound bencher in um, poly, but he's an 1,100-pound bencher in rubber shirts. So like, rubber. there is a certain amount of carryover. And, I mean, that's obviously why Scott Mendelson's wearing it. Will Barati, I don't even. Will Barati was like a nine hundred pound bencher and multiply, and now all of a sudden he benches eleven hundred. Yeah. There's there's another level to be seen with the with the rubber shirts. Yeah, dude. How much firm grip has Scott Mendelson gone through? His Zero, life? dude. That's pure stickum. Stickum. Yeah, that's next level. <laughs> yeah, I can't get off this firm grip shit. Yeah, I like think the, it's gonna come. You think it's coming? Dude, can you spray firm grip on? You can spray it on your body. Like, yeah, where do you want it? On like, your butt? No, how about like on your legs so your like deadlift suit doesn't roll up or something? Oh yeah, you can put it. I think you can put it under your gear. Yeah, it says you can spray it on your your clothing, on your body and shit, and, on your clothing. Yeah, you're like, really loving this shit. I think it's gonna. I think people are gonna start fucking around with the firm grip. Yeah, probably because of this podcast. Like maybe we should maybe we should call Sherman up and tell him to put some firm grip yeah, on the Quest it, website. Get a couple pallets of firm grip. Yeah, go go order. Buy stuff. What's in your fanny pack? 
by Stonk and Kramer Athletics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the firm grip, dude. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what else are we going to talk about on this one? This one? We got Farn Nats. This is Farn Nats. Oh, okay. Let's do it. We cherry yeah. pick some results we want to highlight. So we had our Nats. We recapped that. So we got to see how we stack up. There's some results. Uh, maybe we'll make some. Some notable shout-outs. All right, we'll do the British Equipped 2021. The Brits. I'm pretty sure it was equipped only. So um, I looked, to be fair, Lauren Elder, who's probably the best British equipped woman, for some reason was not able to make the meet. She posted, gutted to not make it. Um, Blaine coaches her. I think she listens to the podcast. She might. Shout-out. She might. Um, but she uh, she wasn't able to make it, so bombed on that side. And then another good lifter uh, that I've seen, at least, on the world team for the last three or four years is Emma Goodwin. So I checked how she did, and not going to get into numbers specific, but she went three for nine and wasn't happy with it. So she didn't really even post much. She posts like a funny missed deadlift attempt, like I'll get him next time. But uh, maybe we'll see her at Worlds. So we'll move over to the men's side, and our boy mm. – Tony Cliff, the man, the myth, the legend, raw world champion. What a man. And what a name. Yeah. He's what a chasing lifter. the elusive equipped world championship to to pair along with his raw world championship, which I think is very honorable. Yeah. And he's last year he's, he bombed, right? He bombed because Double bomb. Yeah, he bombed. He couldn't make a squat or bench, but he, he had huge openers, was looking really good coming to the meet, and it was just too heavy. But you know what? I don't think he cares because he was chasing uh, Alexei Beachkov, who is one of the most prolific yeah. men's lifters of all time. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go all out. So that's what he's trying to do. But he took a he, you know I think he he sees like kind of what I see. Like he he opened lighter, and he ended up lifting better. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, so he uh, hit three squats and ended with four ten or nine three. He uh, hit two uh, two or three benches maybe. All three. It looked like he did a British record of 305.5. And then he pulled 340, which is well below his capabilities, but uh, all wrapped up a 1055.5 total. You know, uh, Beach Cobb, I think, is total 1125. Um, I know Tony has, you know, at least 30 keys in the tank on dead and some on the squat. So um, he's going to be looking to go over 1100 soon. So good job, Tony. Um, Dude, with a name like that, I feel like. He he should be selling like nutrition bars or Tony Cliff bars. Tony Cliff bars, you know that's what I'm saying. Like he just trains in his garage, dude. Uh, like I feel like he, he could trains sell. by himself in his garage. Like it's just such a good name. He's not about the fame. Like he could book. he could he could make like Tony Cliff. Uh, it sounds like an apparel company. Or something. Yeah, have you seen any of his? Um, it's like a boxing coach almost. Like he's. Tony Cliff. I, yeah. I feel like, he could, you know. You could, promoter. That sounds like a cool boxing glove name. Yeah. Have you or ever shoes. seen his training videos? Like boxing shoes. Tony Cliff. Shoes. Yeah, I got the Tony Cliffs. Right? Yeah, I got them on. Yeah. Is this a, this is have you seen his training videos? Yeah, he just has that like pa- that rack. And he yeah. just he just like rack pulls and fucking demolishes bars. and has, He bends he bars. Just, yeah, he just only uses 100-pound plates. <laughs> you know? What a man. Dude, I am a, I am a man that. I enjoy the finer things, simple things, and 100-pound plates and 50-kilo plates just get me hard. Yeah. And that guy has goes, all of them. He has all of them. He does. So when I first saw him so in, respect. in 2015 in person, and like nobody really cared about Tony Cliff, but he did 
bronze medal, I think, in 2015 at Quip Worlds. And I was like, Tony Cliff, you're like the coolest guy I've ever seen. And I totally fanboyed him. But I didn't even know who he was before that. But I was like, yo, I, I love you. <laughs> I, I love you. And he's still going. Anyway, we won't we won't sweat Tony anymore. But yeah. good job, Tony. Um, then this one I love because I'm I'm boys with uh, this guy's father, Dean Bowring, uh, former super heavyweight equipped world champion, Dean Bowring. Um, his son Ray Bowring is 21 years old, and is a and has already been an established raw lifter in the junior ranks um mm-hmm. i don't know if he's you know because he's 21 and the past two years of meets have been a little weird so i don't know if he's won any big international meets but he is on his way to midland university so i'm sure we'll see him lifting uh raw and equipped at collegiate nationals and um university world cup and you know junior worlds and maybe even open worlds um while well, you're looking at dean bowring Oh shit! That's his father. Look at that. Daddy. Yeah, that was a good results. We could we could peruse those. Um, Ray, this is Ray Bowring we're talking about. So anyway, while you look that up, he uh, oh, like a Dean shit. I think this is his first. Oh yeah, it looks like a Dean shit. Dad's best, four twenty kilograms of single ply squat, a three sixty five deadlift, and a ten sixty five total. And keep in mind. Dean was mostly competing at his prime in the early 2000s and maybe 2010s. He's I've competed against him, but you know he was already a masters lifter and was uh, doing some things. But um, I think he he did uh, peel off a world championship in maybe 2011. Can't remember. Let's see. Ooh, ooh. Check 2011 world. IPF Norway silver. Worlds, world silver medalist in 2013. No, that's not right. Cause I got fourth at that meet, and he definitely didn't finish silver. Um, what is that? Oh, maybe not. IPF World Championships in India. There you go. One. Yep. 2009. So I misspoke. It was a long, you know, not too long ago in my eyes, but uh, in powerlifting uh, ages ago, but. That's uh, the pedigree we're dealing with. So this is Dean's son, Ray, and it is his first. Uh, actually, it doesn't look like it's his first because he has some old results on here. But uh, he, you know, from his training, it seemed like his first big single ply meet that he was really putting a lot into. Um, and I uh, squatted four thirty five, or what would be nine fifty eight, nine fifty nine. And I took an attempt at 455 or 1,003. A lot of lifters go for this. And uh, he, um, he walked it out. It looked like a tough walkout. And uh bar was shaking. He took it down, hit depth, and just, um, you know, the bar whip and all the things that were going on, he just got folded over. Couldn't make it. But 21-year-old lifter trying to squat 455 was pretty cool. Then, he, you know, he had a 260 bench, which is good at 21. And a 335 deadlift to 738, which is great at 21 years old, and uh, 1,030 total. And, you know, I just think of that. I totaled 1,040 when I was 21 or 22. So, you know, he could be as great or as bad as me, depending how you look at it. <laughs> or better. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be better. <laughs> um, I had Big Mike coaching me. He has Dean Bo. Oh, sh- 
He's gonna have Big Mike coach. He's gonna have Big Mike. <laughs> he's gonna be bad. Like, he's gonna I be had, bad. I had Big Mike. Oh shit. He has Dean Boring. No, he's gonna have Big Mike. Yeah. Yeah, he's in trouble then. <laughs> um That's funny as hell. No, but you know, so that's the other highlight on the men's side. And uh I wanted to see, you know, have you seen the the Carl Jungvar Christensen four seventy five squat from Norway in twenty thirteen? So that's the current junior world record. Carl's twenty three at the time. Do you think that in two years Ray Boring can squat forty more kilos under the tutelage of I, Big Mike and Tim Anderson? I really do. How, what's he weigh? Mm. Okay, so these results aren't up. I've yeah, gathered some things from Instagram. We can't find. He's can't not find as it. tall as like me or Carl or Ahmed. He seems like he's on the. I mean, the better side. You want to be shorter these days, but he's yeah. a little more stout, like his dad. So, what do you what do you think? Like six foot? I think he's probably between five ten and six foot, and he weighs probably one hundred forty or one hundred fifty kilos. Okay. So he's gonna have to get bigger if he's gonna take well, that load out. If you're that young, I mean, he he might still be growing a little, but I mean, with all that weight on your back, he ain't growing much more. Yeah, <laughs> I think he, you know, probably, you know, when Carl Ingvar was twenty one, he probably was squatting around four thirty five because. He was, you know, upping every meet, you know, 10 kilos here, you know, 12 kilos yeah, there. Yeah, 40 kilos for an equipped super heavyweight is not that much. Yeah, so he took a he shot is. at 450. If he squatted yeah. that 455, everybody would say, yeah, it's in the bag. But, you know, it was a, it was a tough attempt. It, was, it, was, uh, it gave yeah. him some trouble. But I'm just saying, when you're, that, when you're that young, if you're hungry, you train hard, you eat well, you put on a little bit of weight, and, you're, you know, you're lifting with Big Mike. Yeah. I think it could happen for sure. I think there's a higher probability of it happening than not. The kid can yeah. stay healthy, you know. I think the the squat is at risk. I don't know if the total that total he did in Norway, which was like eleven sixty or something like something insane. Um, at twenty three years old, like the bench and deadlift are gonna have to come up a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Carl was already at that age deadlifting over eight hundred pounds. Um, Wow. But the squat, the squat record, I never thought would be broken, and now it's kind of maybe it maybe it is. So Midland's doing some international recruiting. Yeah, huh? it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know. Ray's probably a smart kid. Should have should go to school in England. <laughs> well, if it's free, come to America, <clears throat> man. Yeah, they probably did make it free. International. Yeah, that's sick. So I'm excited to see what happens. I, I think he got it. He can he's he's got the potential. Got the pedigree. He's got the coaches. If he does collegiates next year in uh, Chicago, that's where collegiates is. Yeah, I might just take the trip to put my eyeballs on it. Do you think like he may be tempted to go raw over time? <sighs> that's the. I think that's the big risk. I don't know. When your dad's Dean Boring, like, do you just be like, okay, raw will always be there. I want to. Yeah, maybe. Want to do this equip stuff? I want to beat my daddy. All right. So if he does collegiates. If he doesn't equip me in the U.S., I might go put my eyeballs on it. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah. So we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So there was another nationals we wanted to cover real quick, Norwegian nationals. We know we got a lot of lifters in Norway. So oh, yeah, we wanna, a, lot of, a lot of lifters. I don't know if we're going to have a lot of hot takes. A lot of fans. But um, we're going to talk about it. So women's side people. first, as always, ladies first. Um, Hilda Haugen. This is a girl I've seen many times, uh, multi-time world member. She lifted at 57, and she uh, had a national record bench of uh, 142.5 at 57, yeah. and she good lift pointed 
I know I keep saying pointed. She good lift formula, 101.28. So really good lifter. We'll see her in Stavanger. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is surprising. I don't recognize this name. Eileen Scalberg, 69 kilos. She did a 105 good lift. She did a 240 squat at 69. Little less than, you know, 15 keys less than Kelsey. It's not but far it's off. not far. You know, and only um, five points behind in formula. So her other lifts are good too. But so shout out to Eline. E-L-I-N-E. I'm sure one of our fans. Yeah. Don't be shy with the voice messages in the in the Instagram. Yeah, DM. shoot us the voice messages. Join us. Yeah, send us a voice pronunciation. People close to us know that, uh, you know, we'll, we're down to exchange voice messages. Yeah, we don't want to talk on the phone. We want the freedom to respond whenever. But we'll give you a voice. We'll give you the voice. We're giving you our voice right here. Yeah. So we're not shy. Um, How'd Marte do? Marta Elverum. Moved up to 76, which I think is good for her. I think she was, uh, she's been on the taller side of 72 this whole time, but no one's going to make that 12 kilo jump to 84. So it's a good class for her. But I think, you know, she would have had the best formula, but she looks like she went three for nine. Mm. So I think she's a little disappointed. So no specific numbers to go over. She still had a 103 good lift score going wow, three, for, three nine. for nine. I mean, that's. Yeah. To put that in perspective, like I've good lifted like 108 or 109 before but at nationals i went six for seven from passing attempts and i could lift it like 99 so i went six for seven my numbers were down her numbers are obviously down she's still good lifted 103 so she's a a very good lifter um this one i don't know this girl anna harange harange <laughs> we need help one yeah no uh no no crazy lifts but just an all-around solid lifter Anna Haranga. yeah probably that's good 101.5 good lift score at 84 um that's pretty good so i'm excited to see some of these new lifters um because i know there used to be other lifters who lifted at 84 that uh were, were pretty good for a while but some of these names are new so excited to see them at world and worlds and uh just a shout out to hildeborg hugdell who uh, did a 220 bench at super heavyweight. Um, her other lifts are a little bit down from before, before, previous to her giving birth to her children. And she's kind of been on the comeback, but um, one of those females who you just hope to see bench uh, over 500 pounds every time they come out. And I think she got 210 and 220, but I, she missed one of them once. And so she ended up finishing with a 220 bench at super heavyweight, which is obviously that's, really impressive. That's impressive. So shout out to Hildeborg, one of my favorite lifters to watch. Um, then on the men's side, this is, I guess, where our hot take comes in because the Norwegian team used to be intimidating. They used to have a roster of studs. Mm. Um, two supers, not only Carl, they had um, Hans Magna Bartved. Had the worst club foot I've ever seen in person, but that guy lifted and I mean, it's just funny to talk about. He's a huge man, and he, because he had this foot condition, he had these custom shoes. And they, I, I shit you not, they had, they had to be at least six inch heels. So they're they're the Mendelssohn shoes. They were boots, but Mendelssohn doesn't have. Well, maybe yeah, he, he, does. he did. Yeah, but Mendelssohn he squat, has like this much. He was opening he at like like uh you know nine fourteen. He opened at nine fourteen, and he would That's have crazy. trouble walking it out. 
if he can set his feet, he would squat it. But and I was like, why didn't he just like wear flat shoes? They said he couldn't. But like also the height, like he just always had trouble squatting. He bombed out a lot. But uh, that's it was crazy. That's salty. He's a salty man. He's not around. Obviously, Carl's not around. Um, John Wagermo, I think retired from competition. Yeah, Christoph Eichlin retired from competition. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know where the uh, that little uh, Kim Rhino roll bag is. This <laughs> little crazy tattooed bald man. Just he was a good time. Good good drinking. He didn't left. Good drinker. I didn't see him on the him. on the on the results. I can check, but the one the one male that I recognized that lifted was Kel Ejel Bakalant. Mm. Um, obviously a multi-time world champion. Um, his numbers were down though. You know, he's a good lift score of ninety nine point six. Just not a not a lot to report on the men's side. So I don't know what the Norwegian team is up to. You know, that's it. I'm gonna check to see if. Uh, how are the numbers looking for, I guess, for equipped lifting? Because I know, you know, when we were in when we were in Daytona, you know, there's an uncontested weight class. There's a few weight class, two, three, four people. Obviously, not looking good for equipped lifting <sighs> versus, <Yeah. laughs> you know, losing the battle. But how how's it looking in uh, Great Britain and? Well, Great Britain, like I said, I didn't have results. I was cherry picking oh, okay. off Instagram. I had the results of uh, of um, Norwegian Nats, and it looks like between the men and women, they only had about 45 lifters. And so there were, like, they have no 47. They had no 74 kilo lifters on the men's side. It's not looking, you know, so 159, like, 166. So it was actually worse than here. So, like, what's, well, they're also a smaller country, too. But, like, what's the stronghold of equipped powerlifting, like, Ukraine and Russia? is Basically, yeah. like, they're still full bore or like what like what are they are they starting to get a lot more raw too i think so yeah i think yeah. now there are you know people have been talking about the ukrainian 105 where like there yeah. there haven't been ukrainian lifters on raw to talk about they put all their resources in their yeah. equipped team um russians too like you know fedesenko is an equipped lifter and he would just come over and win classic worlds and probably a lot of classic fans like our buddy king of lifts probably doesn't even know what he's accomplished on the equip side and that that's his main focus. But uh, they don't, they don't put a lot of resources on that team either. Cause I don't think you, they don't send full teams yet. Um, South America is an equipped stronghold, like Brazilian lifters, like mm-hmm. David Coimbra and, and oh, they, they love the gear. They love the, well, <laughs> <laughs> is that loaded? It's loaded. Cause I already been, been disciplined by the IPF first talking about openly how much they love uh, certain. I was just saying gear. the gear. Yeah, they love gear. We can just leave it at that. They love gear. And they like, but there are other uh, Colombia and Ecuador have good teams. Unfortunately, good sun down there. They love the beaches and the tanning oil. Yeah, they love to look lean. They like the oils. <laughs> they like the oils. Um, you know, Colombia, Ecuador, um, Venezuela even have good equipped teams. I don't know how they do on the raw side. I, I don't pay enough attention, but it's starting to get thin, man. I mean, Equip Worlds has not taken a hit in attendance. When you look at open raw versus open equip numbers, you know, because countries are capped and you can't have every swinging dick American little boy, um, little Asian boy at Worlds, <laughs> um, you know, you can only have eight lifters that 
seen like you know 120 lifters for men uh, and and women on both sides is pretty much the same so internationally the competition and it's pretty deep at equip worlds and raw worlds obviously so i think at the highest level it's pretty even but just the gen pop population is really suffering yeah dude around the world if you aren't lifting equipped right now why the fuck would you ever start i see a lot of people <laughs> starting it's just you know it's few and far between yeah they're crazy you dr. guys are Laney. crazy you guys are crazy I saw dr laney your shirt today. real ones your yeah. body's like not that fucked up you know and you're deciding to put this shit on you're crazy yeah but good for you respect you have some balls we we respect. Well, I want to get Martha. We should really get Martha on the pod we and should. see if she can answer some spicy questions. Because Carl wouldn't go in on their former coach, um, Dietmar Wolf, who you know everybody was like, "This is the best powerlifting coach in the world." But when you actually look at the meet performances and some of the coaching calls that were made and some of the really key bomb outs that happened and like rule games qualifying, you're skeptical. You're skeptical. It wasn't like this guy is some fucking magic coach. You're critical of him. Yeah, and. uh at that time, they had one of the best teams in the world. And, you know, he left and, you know, they haven't, I don't know who the coaches are and if they're trying to recruit more lifters to the equip side so, or the equip team. Who are the best coaches of all time? Equipped? Equipped coaches. Or Chico. Yeah. I was actually like. What about like international, like or national team coaches or just, I guess, coaches in general? Because like you, there's like programming. I and forgot that. Stanky Pitts' name. Yeah. But. Victor Nikulin. Yeah. The Ukrainian coach. Yeah. Um, I think Squirrel Fetty Master. Sang- Squirrel Master is the best handler of all time. I don't know if he's he not a coach. I don't know. I don't it's know. hard he, to We don't know what he does. Konovov gets his training. Uh, Sergey Fedosenko coaches a lot of lifters. Yeah. It's like his business. I mean, like, I was actually thinking, like, maybe I should message Fetty and see if he'll coach me. Like, I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah, it'd be cool, but I could probably get some incoherent. It would be a change. It would be a change. My frequency would go crazy. But. Yeah, I mean, those that that there's people out there with a ton of experience and who are really good at this stuff. What about what about the best American coaches? Uh, I'd say Equipped. James Townsend, Big Mike. Yeah. Jeff Douglas. Yeah. Who do you want calling your numbers, coaching you game day? I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, I'm gonna go with uh, Townsend. 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 Townsend's got the experience, man. Pretty good. So. You're not bad. You're not bad. Oh, I'm. I'm. I, I think you're pretty good. I, I. I. need to figure out how many bridges I. I. I burned because I'd love to uh, be involved in the USAPL for a long time as a coach. And, I think you'd be a very good equipped um, equipped coach. I mean, you are. I'm just kind of like, uh, like uh, I don't know. I have like two personalities. Sometimes I'm really intelligent and and can make good decisions. Sometimes if you're not lifting, not. yeah. If I'm not lifting, you're yeah. not lifting. If you're lifting, you're an absolute moron. Yeah. Good. Anyway, <laughs> no, you're not. That was a that was a good question, but you know, um, Norwegian nationals, the women's team looks very good, very talented. Very Look like they could, they could hang with our women's team. Um, so I know that they've, you know, our women's team has been winning a lot, but uh, the Norwegian team is very good. Uh, the men's team, I don't know if there's gonna be much of a team, but uh, we'll see you guys there hopefully. Um, pending all this Delta variant and. Yeah, we'll see IPF issues with the USAPL. So now, you know, if it was just one issue or the other, I'd be pretty confident we were going. But hopefully, um, hopefully we're going. Yeah, it sounds like there's going to be some path. 
Yeah. Some path forward, hopefully. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, so like there were some people talking shit about this. Oh, well, you know, so what else what else came out of Nats? And I, we talked about the NGB a little bit two episodes ago, but you know, we're going to partly comply. So on the elite national level and our international teams, we're going to do the WADA third-party testing. And mm-hmm. on the national level, non-elite lifters, so we can keep our testing volume higher, we're not going to comply. And that's just how we're going to go our business. And we're bas- pre- pretty much playing chicken with the IPF. Like, okay, you guys can do something, but this is what we're doing. What are you guys doing? Because we kind of just let that, this, this, this date, there was a date in there that we had to, demonstrate compliance by we kind of just let that pass and expire and then nothing happens so we haven't been suspended yet or fined so it's kind of just a game of chicken but uh larry's trying to set up like like we said set up an in-person meeting yeah um to talk about this stuff but part of what was said whether it was official statement or just came from the ngb meeting minutes or whatever is that you know he's willing to sit down and negotiate and so this is like an evolving situation things might change from where they currently are right now but um Um, he wants assurances that no matter what happens, that lifters that are planning to go to worlds right now. So take me, for example, um, I, you know, typically I have to, um, to comply with our national team rules. I have to book travel hotel and plane ticket to Norway. Some of it may, you know, maybe reimbursed through sponsorship with quest and, and other things, but still I have to have, um, proof of booking by, um, by preliminary nominations, which is around, let's just say the 1st of September. And so I'm going to put some money out there, maybe some sponsors put some money out there to help me get there. I'm going to dedicate a lot of time and resources to training. I'm going to get all new gear. And uh, Larry is just basically asking for an assurance that no matter what happens, that our lifters who are nominated to go to Worlds will not go to Worlds and be told, you're not allowed to lift because your federation has not been complying. And so that's Larry's kind of worst case scenario nightmare. And I don't think he's wrong in worrying about that. You know, I think it's probably happened before. I think putting the lifters first is what a good federation will do. Yeah. So Larry, Larry's acknowledging that this is an evolving situation, but he wants assurances that our athletes will not be treated like garbage basically. And that's what this whole thing is about at the end of the day it's not about money i mean it is somewhat about money but it's about the values of the federation and giving the lifters a fair platform an equal platform a drug-free platform so the um yeah so the canadian lifters who we we initially we do agree with you know we should be complying right we shouldn't be like well we're the usa we should do different drug testing um, we should comply with the international third-party drug testing. I, I've said we need third-party testing. Um, it's a little too grassroots down here. Um, so at nationals, we had that. Collegiate nationals, we had that. All our OMTs have been that now. Um, so we are doing a good job. Um, but, you know, the Canadian lifters aren't happy that, A, we're not complying fully, and, B, that it seems like Larry or our, our leadership is leveraging the conversation by using the lifters as a pawn. Like, hey, I want want to, you know, empathy, 
empathize with me and my lifters, right? Yeah, this isn't all Canadian lifters. This is like a post you saw, right? This is one. well, it was May, it was Mayhar, and then it was, oh, it, was uh, Mayhar, it was it was it's it's important because it's it's it was Shane Martin who's the CPU president. So it's not just like any Canadian lifter; it's the CPU president. Yeah. So he doesn't speak for everybody. That's just his opinion. No, he doesn't speak for everybody. He was just kind of saying that it was a weak move on Larry's part. I I like the move because I think. We are complying where it's important, and I've said, what did I say on that podcast we did where we talked about the drug testing? I don't give a shit if they test at local meets or not. So if they want to keep testing with Quest Diagnostics, not nothing to do with Quest Nutrition or whatever, unapproved labs, um, not want to panels at local meets for high school kids, uh, master's lifters, local lifters, I don't give a shit. I don't care what they test for, what they do, but I think we should comply for our elite lifters. So I think, and everything has to be, you know, obviously there was, the situation had to be a compromise. So, I mean, I think officially on paper, it might have to be documented a certain way. Like maybe you'll say powerlifting is two different entities on paper, but not to the eye. Um, so that one is in full compliance with WADA and the IPF and one is a local grassroots powerlifting federation and athletes just can move freely back and forth if needed. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, not really the place for the Canadians to talk because they don't really run meets. They haven't been running meets during coronavirus. They're a bunch of pussies. They don't want to fucking lift. And their teams stink, and they have a bunch of gassers anyway that either get caught or are going to get caught. So, I mean... That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. No, I'm just saying, like, at this this point, I mean, there's compromises going on. And, I mean, you're speaking to about... You know, there's 16 men and women on each side, so 32 lifters. I don't care about the other teams, master one. I don't care. I'm talking about the open, raw, and equipped lifters. It's important to us that we get to this meet. You know, it's important for Taylor Atwood and Dennis Cornelius and um, Heather Connor and and Samantha Calhoun and all these people that uh, Brittany Saplicki to get to their raw worlds in, in the fall. It's important for us, especially in a World Games year, to get to this meet. So I'd love, Larry, to get an assurance that we'll be allowed to lift when we show up. <laughs> I'll piss in a cup every day until then. I don't care. I mean, I should not be penalized for these two governing bodies being fucking st- stupid, number one, because mistakes have been made on both sides. I'm not saying that. Uh, but IPF, the, the way they handle their business is ridiculous. They just write these letters. And USAPL, I mean, could have been done better. I'm not saying they're perfect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everybody knows we'll be the first ones to criticize USAPL if they need it. And we, and we originally came out critical of the drug testing procedures that have been going on. But uh, I think they're, we're making strides. We're doing the best we can. And, and in no way should the lifters be penalized. So if we can get some assurances, because what, it just so happens when these negotiations happen and there's big meets coming up, it's the athletes who get fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, like the athletes who got fucked out of world records at the Arnold. It's the same situation. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Why would you not try to protect the lifters? Yeah. From shield them from the, you know. Canada just thinks they got everything figured out, but their way of figuring things out is not have a lot of members and not run a lot of meets. So I think that's pretty weak. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Mayhar, like Mayhar's on your junior world team. <laughs> he wouldn't come close if he if he lived. Uh, he lives in if he if he lived in Seattle, he wouldn't come close to ever stepping on an international platform. So I mean, good luck, Canada. Very valid. Valid. When Jessica Butner retires and just does, you know, fitness bodybuilding. bodybuilding, who do you got? 
Who do you have? Show me something. Adam Ramsey lives once a decade. So that's fucking weak too. I didn't know such shots were gonna be fired. This I didn't know either. I didn't know either. But I you love know, it. I love it. I don't like these lifters who lift like once every five years because they think they're too important to to uh, to com- compete. Yeah, I mean they got the stins. Yeah, the stins are good. They're, they're good people. The stins. I don't know if the stins like me or hate me. I usually get drunk every year and and talk a lot of trash with them. To get, imagine you know having to listen to me once a year and go on a drunk rant. <laughs> but they're good people, and they always show up and give it a good go. Yeah. So, yeah, well, they're, cool. you know, hopefully they forgive me for what I just said, but, you know. You're an asshole. What can you do? Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, that's that. I think we got one more topic. It's pretty that? spicy. The Olympics, dude. Oh, my God. The Olympics. Oh, my God. I, I, think, I think our listeners already know what our opinion on this is. Yeah, but I mean, we got to talk. I, we'll I, talk this is it. what I thought would happen. And we brought this person note, up multiple times. Let's as, just note you're wearing a, a, a Mets shirt. Well, I didn't know the. Well, like, it is June. I'm a Mets fan. It I is think June. We're both Mets fans. It is Pride Month. Me and Alex have been joking about how. Well, and there's <clears> the been a are, lot of memes. The Mets are pretty gay. Well, every company, every team, every corporate entity is gay right now. Yeah, right now the Mets are really gay. The Mets are gay, and I'm proud of it. And I went to the game the other day, and I walked into the team shop, and these things were front and center. And I was like, you know what? It's a pretty fucking cool shirt. Good shirt. So you know, you know, everybody's gay this month. You know. Well, now I can be gay whenever I want. I mean, you with my shirt, might <laughs> you might already be a little. Well, I'm glad. You know, I didn't plan. I've just been wearing. I wore this shirt today because I just got it at the game, and I like it. And it is June, but I mean. I haven't left the house today, <laughs> so yeah. you may be questioning, you know. Um, but I'm glad I wore it because we're talking about this topic. But I think a lot of our listeners know, you know, we support. Oh, we oh we love gay. We people. support the community. We coach everybody. them. Everybody. We coach them up. I talk. Dude, I, we we I talk to client, everybody. I got a client. He does drag shows. And he basically posts nudes on Instagram. And he, we, I don't know how his each in, other. I don't know how his Instagram hasn't gotten taken down because the the shit this guy posts is crazy. But well, then I now all his buddies are are, are asking. Yeah, I have they a wanna, couple. They want to get lean so they can make money on the stage. I have two clients that are drag. Uh, you know, they get up and drag um, for the diet coaching. You know, one mm-hmm. of them he was just straightforward and honest. He was like, "Listen, you know, I just want to, I just want to, you know." make some money on OnlyFans and I got to have a good body. So, you know, you got to help me get into shape so I can show my ass on in, on OnlyFans. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. It's legit. Let's go. It's legit. I don't care. I don't give a shit. And we got we got plenty we got plenty of uh plenty of friends, you know, all 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 parts of they the They come from community. everywhere. But so we we love you guys. We don't care. This is the one where you know we have to put our foot in the ground a little bit. With the T's, the T's, the T's, man. I mean, that Chappelle skit with the T's is classic, and that's basically where we're at. Everybody's in the car having a good time, but the T's, man, the T's are fucking it up. The T's are just fucking going it up too crazy. Everybody. You could just stay quiet, but because I think like ninety nine point nine percent of the population, I hope eventually at some point get on board with with the gays and you know the bi and everything like you want to get married you want to adopt kids i don't i don't care dude it's great you're all good people 
But with the with the T's and athletic endeavors, it's a little fucked up. Got to draw the line, okay? Science, well, it's not, it's not even. It's like only half the T's here. Yeah, not even all the T's. <laughs> Just half the T's. Just some of the T's. You know, Mary Jane Crock would never lift against females. Yeah, I don't think she would. By other fi- other females. I think she knows. She wouldn't. She wouldn't do it. Anyway, but Laurel Hubbard Olympics weightlifting New Zealand. She might medal. She was. <laughs> you want to just be done with this, don't you? She. She was. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows. Well, I, I mean, there's things to talk about. She's 43 years old. Number one, big yeah. red flag. Big red flag because there are no other Olympic weightlifters who lift at a competitive level. Masters Spe- lifting, especially weightlifting. Masters lifting and weightlifting starts at 35 because nobody's competitive at it's, age it's, 43. It's so dependent on explosiveness that you're you're very good young. For powerlifting, it's a little bit later than weightlifting. It's, yep. it's more in the mid thirties. For weightlifting, it's like it's like twenties. I mean, yeah, there are some people like Wu Zhao Jun who lifted into their thirties. Yeah, but and, that's the tail end. That's yeah, the tail, that's tail end. end. Still setting world records and shit. But regardless, big red flag. She's forty three years old. Yeah. Another big red flag. She's enormous. She's she's thick bodied. Dude, she kind of looks like you. You yes. look kind of like her. Yeah. If we if we put you on hormone replacement therapy and like got your test down real low and you kept growing your hair. Yeah. You'd be similar. I'm not offended. She's not a pretty woman, so I don't know what it says about me. Yeah. That's not hateful. That's just, you know. Yeah, I mean, she's not a pretty woman. You can woman. call that's anybody ugly is. you want. Send beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um <laughs> another red flag is before Laurel was Laurel, before transitioning, so a horrible local lifter in New Zealand, finishing ninth, tenth in uh, his weight class. I don't know what the name, you know, her. Well, I don't want to. Don't cancel us. I know. I know. We don't know what the. I know there's a term like bad back naming, or I don't even know. I'm, I'll stay away from it. Dead but name. Don't dead, dead name. name. Before the transition, Laurel was a very not good lifter. Okay, so that's another huge red flag for me. Just the. You know, w- with all these people saying, you know, there's no difference, it's this and that. I mean, if you're going to be competitive as a man before and now you're competitive after transition, it might be one thing. That would also be a problem because then it's like you'll probably be really, really fucking good. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's a huge red flag for me. This is good. This is just like common sense stuff because, like, these yeah, are like I'm, the, I'm the going red through flags. like actual things that are just you like know. red flags, common sense. This is outside of scientific studies. If you if you if you can't like look into the actual science or like read papers and don't want to get that far into it and you're not like that minded, then you can just think about what Joe's saying. Yeah, and then so I mean, there's not there's I'm sure there's other things, but uh, I mean, there's also the eye test, but we don't have to go through that. The eye test is a red flag, and then um, the eye test. I mean, just take a look, take a peek. Oh, the know. sniff test. She doesn't. It doesn't look like. A fully trans. I'm sorry. It doesn't look like someone who's fully transitioned. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know what the eye test was. It's I mean, it's test. just a sniff test. Well, so, you just take so a look. So the IOC, you're, you know, for a transition, male to female, the test needs to be below ten nanomoles per liter, or something like that, like super low test levels for two years. And they used to make you have to have the the bottom surgery. I think they call it is. The bottom surgery. The bottom yeah. surgery. Yeah. 
So basically, you gotta you gotta cut that thing off, and you gotta have your test low for two years. I think there were some activists that were like saying some people can't afford the surgery and this and that, so you, you don't need it. So I think they waived it. But I so don't, we don't know if Laura Hubbard has had the bottom surgery. Uh, I, uh, I haven't prepared for this, but I think she has. But I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. But I don't think the bottom surgery makes a difference if you're on HRT. Really. Yeah. So. so, you know, maybe. But I think it shows commitment, at least. You know? It shows commitment. shows commitment. It does. It does. Um, I think the bottom surgery needs to be required or else anybody can, you know. That you can compete as a woman and transition for 10 years and then live the rest of your life as a man. And that, that but, I think that's risky. I mean, you fuck yourself up pretty good if you if you get your test below below that for two years. Yeah, basically, yeah. like if you did bodybuilding for a while and then came off and just shut your system down, maybe, you know, and then you competed in weightlifting, like you could. Yeah. It's probably not a, either I, way. Either way, it's not she fair. Won, it's not like, fair. She won like she won a world a a world cup event. It wasn't worlds, but it was in Rome. Italy this year to qualify and I think she also won Pacific Games or something. You did your research. And um she has a pretty good total of 285, 285 yeah. kilos. I just want to know where she's actually like is she going to actually medal? I'm like, going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. So, you know, the, I get I guess it's crazy cuz it's like a month out of the games you hear, you know, the IOC is going to and the IWF is going to let her lift at the Olympics, but that also knocks another lifter out. So, I read a really sad story of the super heavyweight lifter who is actually pretty good from New Zealand who was born a female who not only has lost out on many national championships but lost out on a chance to represent New Zealand Olympics. And I just think that's that's gut-wrenching for me. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, and there's also an American lifter that I saw that like would have gotten a spot if not the spot taken um, by Laurel Hubbard. I don't know how that works, but I know there's a certain work? amount of spots and there's a there's qualifying criteria and there's the the, the amount each team can send yeah. is kind well, of interchangeable. It's very weird and a, I'm not ready to explain yeah. it. I it's, don't I don't know. It's not as straightforward as you think. It makes I don't know about all that, but it just makes sense that, you know, there's it's a, it's limited spots, there's limited numbers of champions and, you know, it's the act of her being in this takes away the opportunity from somebody else somewhere else. Yeah. And that and that is a biological woman that's probably been working toward this, you know, for a good part of their lives. It's their dream that is being taken away. It's sad. I mean we It's fucked it, up. It's fucked up. By essentially and you know, we're not dead naming it, but but all this pro- progress we made in women's rights and and just um you know, letting females express themselves sexually and, you know, against sexual abuse and all the advancements in women's rights we had in the last 20 years. You're going to let a man ruin a female athlete's career, essentially. I mean, I know they're transitioning. I'm not trying to, you know, be insensitive, but it's just the fact of the matter is we're, we're, we're doing disservices to the females when in every other arena in life we're trying to lift our females up. Um you know, just for, for equal opportunities and rights and, you know, um, but anyway, the, the good news is the good news is she's probably not going to win. Okay. Okay. Lee, when, (laughs) when Lee, when, when 
world record holder, current world record holder in the mm-hmm. total. Mm-hmm. And it's not close. Mm-hmm. That's okay. like the Bonica. It's not close. So Lee Wen Wen, Lee Wen Wen, if she's smart, and I just I pray to I pray to the gods that she opens super light, because she's she's ahead in, by fifty keys. Oh wow! About, um, and she also has a teammate that would also, but I don't for some reason I don't think that teammate is on the team because of these qual these crazy qualifying. But I think that teammate would have probably got silver, but she's not on the team. That might be because of doping issues and limited Chinese weightlifting spots. But mm-hmm. Lee Wen Wen will be there, okay? Okay, Lee Wen Wen is gonna win. <sighs> yeah. Thank you know. Thank the gods. Lee Wen Wen is gonna win. But hopefully she doesn't pop. For I'm some seeing trend. a bit of a. I'm yeah. Hopefully she doesn't pop. I'll see a bit of a traffic jam for two through four. This is where I'm troubled. I'm troubled because if she doesn't medal, then it's almost no harm, no foul. I mean, we've acknowledged that there's some sad stories of. You know, a uh, New Zealand lifter who doesn't get these opportunities anymore and some other things. But if she doesn't medal, that's justice because she'll be 47 in the next games. And so I just, I just, I just hope she doesn't medal. Okay. But her best total is 285 kilos. Sarah Robles, who thankfully beat Laurel at the 2017 World Championships, albeit four years ago. Um, her best is 286. This is also Sarah's third Olympics. Sarah's 33. Sarah's a biological woman. Sarah's an aging athlete. So I don't know if she's gonna be able to hang on to fin- come up in second. But I hope I'm hoping she can. It's her third game. She's a world champion and beat Laurel Hubbard straight up at that world championships. But then Laurel Hubbard could could bronze. Could bronze. But then there's also. You know, hopefully an up-and-coming Korean athlete who I don't know a lot about, but Kim Kuk Hwang. Mm. I think she's also around a 285 total, if I remember correctly from my research. Kim Kuk Hwang. Kim Come Kuk. in there and Kuk Laurel Hubbard. <laughs> I hope so, man. No relation to Andy Hwang as, so far. No, Andy Hwang is, is not Korean, I found out. Oh, I thought he was Korean. No. No. He's Chinese. Well, so we were calling... Then Kimchi Johnson isn't <laughs> too accurate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gonna have to figure something else out for that joke. <laughs> anyway. Kim <laughs> King Kim Kuk Huang. I mean, this is what this is my horse in the race, man. I need this girl to I mean, I hope she's on trend. I think a lot of caught. people are going to wa- watch this one. Yeah. It's not just the strength community. I'm sure all of our listeners obviously know about this. And I think like most of y'all think probably along the same lines as, as we do. Maybe there's a couple handful that are super progressive. And um, hopefully like just the points that we've outlined might convince you to think otherwise i i, don't, I really don't think that well many you, people... you think it's good all right say hypothetically do you think it's better for so obviously the situation happened the spot's gone do you think it's better for her to win so that attention is drawn to it and maybe something changes or it's better her, for her to not meddle and so everybody says no harm no foul and maybe they just keep doing it and then eventually it just the the numbers will go up of trans athletes in the games and then it will well, be irreversible she's not she's not gonna win like you just said right i'm so saying like hypothetically be- what so, do you think is better 
It's for her to win, I think. Yeah. Because already it's making waves, probably more so on like right-leaning political, you know, like news outlets and stuff like that. But I think it's it's coming out into the mainstream as well. Um, yeah. People that don't know anything about weightlifting are talking about it. People that don't know anything about strength sports are talking about it. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, like I do sometimes. And there was one I couldn't like finish the episode. Some guy that was like a biologist, and Joe Rogan loves to talk about shit like this all the time. But like uh, they were talking about it, and like they kind of butchered it. I was just like. The the guy on the podcast like called her a powerlifter or something. I was just like, this is like the stupidest shit. But like, it, it's like all over news outlets, media, social media, and so like, I think if she placed or meddled, it would cause more of a stir. But I I honestly don't think even you know whatever political beliefs you have, whatever party you're in, or even if like you know even if you're in the middle of the spectrum, which I think most people in in our country are somewhere in the middle. And I think a lot of the social media and news outlets kind of try to pit people against each other with sensationalism. I think most Americans are somewhere in the middle and most people get along just fine. But um, I think 99% of all Americans probably, it, when laid out the situation, think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like people making... I'm trying to remember who, but we were talking to like pe- we were talking to like normal people. Oh, I was talking to my mom's friends... So they were at dinner with us in Daytona. I don't know if you met them, but I saw them. Um, there are there are you know sixty plus year old lesbian yeah. couple that I've known my entire life since I was born. It's my mom's good friends from college, and uh, they live down in Florida. And they came to dinner and watched the meet. So you know, obviously, it was like we've all known each other for such a long time. We're having a good time, and you know, Kelsey was at dinner with me, uh, and my family. And we were just kind of like, Hey, what do you think about this? Knowing that they're gay, knowing that they're also Jewish, knowing that they're liberal. What's and they're, Jewish having anything to do with about it? I, I'm just saying they're, they're, you know, they're, uh, I'm, I'm not saying anything about Jewish, but <laughs> Jew, the Jewish it's religion, okay, but Jewish. Jew, Jewish people from New York tend to be very liberal. I okay. mean, I grew up in New York and I know a lot of, um, Jewish people just that's a better explanation I'm glad you clarified oh, okay yeah because well, you're just you're just like they're, they're lesbians they're Jewish yeah okay and I mean my but, but I know okay. what I know what you're saying it, and my my sister's in-laws are a, a, a Jewish New York family and they're very very liberal and they're yeah. they're, they're you know typically typically Jew- mm, yeah on the on the on the whole I think some like some like more um how do you say it? Like, uh, there are some conservative, like, Jew, like, oh, some, I'm sure, stri- I'm sure, but I think the, like, the yeah, communities in saying. New York really lean liberal, and that's my but, point because these two women, you know, yeah. like I said, I've been friends with my whole life, they're married, um, they're from New York, but they retired down to Florida, yeah. So, um, just to paint the picture, but even when I asked them, just laid it out, like, do you think that the trans, um, Male to female lifters should lift against um, Kelsey and Bonica and whatever. And my whole family loves watching Bonica lift. And uh, they're like, no, that's fucking ridiculous, right? And these yeah. are, you know, yeah, like these are... Poli- these- politically, you know, left-leaning. But, yeah. So I asked... And they're also gay, so it's like... Uh, yeah. The T's. The T's are messing it up. The T's. I asked... Um, 
my mom and my sister-in-law and i think i think my mom was in agreement that it was kind of ridiculous i think my sister-in-law i'm not sure what type of athletic background she had but like i think she was for it and i i think she just wasn't aware of like the different i think she was like you know women can do you know they're strong and i was like you don't understand she's science. not yeah she's not understand the question you don't understand science and athlete like there's probably like a small outlier of people that just don't maybe they don't have an athletic background and they don't understand science yeah and then they're convinced that this is like the right you know like just thing but i think it's a really small amount of people and i think if you sh- if you talk to them or explain things that they've probably come around I think it's like probably a couple of loud voices and people that are just ignorant to the situation that right. would be on the on the right side. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. So yesterday I was uh, I was downtown in in Manhattan, downtown Manhattan, and mm-hmm. I had not realized that the restaurant I was going to was in the middle of the Pride celebrations. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I made it on time because I I checked the traffic, but um, you know, basically roads were closed, whatever. There were naked people walking around, you know, just like crazy shit. Just people all over the streets, rainbow colors. Just people having a great time. A lot of a lot of clothes missing. A lot of alcohol and few celebrations. What we need to do is just film us asking, surveying at a pride event. So we got to go to a pride event. The pride month is almost over, dude. I know. I think this is next year's bit because this problem is never going to go away. Yeah, I, it, and we just asked them straight up. Do you think that you know trans? Uh, so we should go to the Pride event and serve it. Get a large sample size from the Pride event and get yeah the sample there. It was sick. I walked through it for a while to yeah. just go get some dessert after dinner. And I don't know what this achieves, but I'd be curious to see the results. Well, I'd just like to see, like, if you ask the most the the potential population that would most probably agree that trans lifters should lift. Against women, dude. This is such a big topic. If you did something like that, like you'd probably get picked up by like well, that's a news I'm, outlet. I'm saying, I still think a lot of answers might. I think the answers might surprise you. I think we'd probably get a fifty-fifty split. I think you. I think you'd get more than fifty percent against if you exp- if you do some explanation. If people are ignorant, if you had like, if you like talk to them. You could probably convince a lot of people, but like I think you write three questions maybe. down that that are questions, but they're very clear on what they're asking. And I think most people, like even if they're gay, they still understand the difference between male and female, and like athletic performance and differences in your bodies. Yeah. So I well, think you get. Saying. I think I think it would be more than fifty percent thinking it's kind of like not fair. I mean, Dom might have Dom might have been there. What do you mean? At the at the at the, the celebration. Oh yeah. I just didn't see him. I mean, there there were hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, man. I was just I was I was having you know. And this isn't to say that we don't think <laughs> you know trans trans people deserve to be treated just like everybody else and equal in terms of rights and freedoms and all of these things. Um, you know, no matter who you are or what like what like who you identify as or what you identify as or physically. Oh yeah. We want the T's to lift in the USAPL. We just want them to lift in the MX division. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just not fair. It's just not fair to, 
you know, people born as female. It's not fair to anybody who's not on hormone therapy. Either way. Yeah. To live drug free. So I, I think I think we've uh we've exhausted it. We've exhausted this one. At risk of us sounding like fucked up. Whatever, man. Whatever. I th- I think Whatever, man. I think we gotta say our piece about it. I think everybody that's listened to this podcast, if they've listened to other episodes, they kind of know where we stand on it. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll end up talking about this topic again when the USAPL is done with their IPF battle. The attention will turn back to the other court cases. Yeah. So we'll have to dude, see that, what that, that comes. Pisses through. me off, dude. The court cases they talked about, like the money that we're spending. Yeah, most of the money goes to court. It's like. It's like um, the USAPL is trying to do this pro series of meets to try to give out more cash prizes for people, for lifters. Like, that that could be money going to lifters. That could be, like, tens of thousands of dollars going to meat productions, going toward, you know, to prizes, to, I guess, making the federation better, to, to making the meets better, to, to making everything better for the lifters. To go to the screens. Go to could go to more jumbo screens more and jumbo regionals screens. and more graphics on the jumbo screens. More you know? logo, better logos. Get rid of the screensaver motif. Screensavers, oh, that's what we didn't talk about. The, the criticism. That Luis there made was a, a meme. meme. <laughs> there was a meme <laughs> about the screensavers on uh, not the screens. We're calling it the screensavers because uh, the jumbo screens at nationals in Daytona. Um, there's like this kind of like background effect that like uh, was just like bouncing across the screen. So we were giving Louis shit. The reason that he had to put that on and didn't put live video in the background of the lifters is um, it would do like an infinite like mirror image. You know, like how there's mm-hmm. like if you have like two mirrors and you stand in front, like you can see like infinite infinite into the mirrors. So like if if he did that, especially on video, it like there's a two second delay so it would like look like it's driving into like that infinite thing because of the delay and it would just be like really messed up so i think he was able to do like one lift like maybe it was a maybe it was like the bench or something or yeah one of them he could do it live but then the others like the screens too much in the background yeah and so it was just the the meat logo it was they took the meat logo and made several graphics that looked like, you know, old Windows 95 screensavers. So one of them, they were just like the logos, like just the hundreds just of meat logos around. just spraying around. One of them was they were just jumping around like popcorn. Another one, they were like, it was like every side of a prism. Yeah. <laughs> it was like spinning. And then there was like this Tesseract thing. I was like, holy shit, what dimension of this meat are we in? But yeah, there was this meme that was like a horse and sunglasses like playing the saxophone. And it was just like really grainy and bolo swagging. It was yeah. like the screen the, behind the lifters at USAPL Nationals. It's like shit going crazy. Yeah, it's just around. shit going crazy, and it's saying correct, 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 because it always says like good lift, good lift, good lift. make noise. <laughs> yeah, make noise. So pretty funny. If you can, if you are talented out there and you know how to make graphics, you can donate some graphics. Probably, I think the USAPL paid a lot of good money to get graphics made, um, and. Yeah, Luis doesn't make the graphics. I don't. Think. I don't make, think he makes. Them. He made the Geno graphic. That well, that makes. one I think. Um, I think that was DJ Seat. DJ Seat. Well, I think, I think he just threw it together. Yeah. I don't know. We probably shouldn't talk about this too much and blow up like Luis's spot. We're talking like. Yeah, the, but we probably shouldn't blow this up too bad. 
I mean, I just think typically when he does like uh, big events that the the people that are running, that are putting on the event, they have a graphics package that they just hand over and say, put this on the screen. Yeah, That has not really been happening at the meets. And so it's a combination of graphics that USAPL has or wants to use or somebody may have made and then graphics that uh, Luis's team comes up with on the fly. And that Geno graphic they came up with on the fly and then it just so happens it's the best one. So, I mean... Yeah. Some graphics, the graphics need to improve, but the screens are sick. And it's just so funny. Like, it's like, it's just like, like, of course they're going to find a way to make fun of the best, you know, quality meets that are going on in the world. The graphics were pretty sick. (laughs) I think they have reused. The lifters today. They have been reusing some of them. Like, I think it was a lot of the same graphics that were at, like, last year or at Arnold, but they're pretty good. If you know how to make graphics, maybe just make some sick ones. Well, let's not close up yet. Let's speaking of sick meats and sick meat setups. Iranian gnats look sick. Look it at does. all that truss. Wow. Look at all that. They had a lot of lights and screens. Are those screens? A big thing, yeah. That's a big screen. Two one platform, two platforms? What one platform. Projector on each side of a big LED screen. A lot of a lot of lights hanging from these truss structures. It, it looks like an Olympic arena too. Yeah. Iran, they love bodybuilding, powerlifting, weightlifting. I'll tell you what Iran loves: strength sports, oil, oil of all kinds, crude oil, tanning oil, and intravenous oils. Well, well it's not intravenous. Not the intravenous, but you know, intramuscular, intramuscular oils. Okay, synthol. I'll tell you what else <laughs> Iran loves: going fucking crazy at meets. Yeah. Okay, weightlifting, powerlifting. God. Oh, yeah. Their God. And supporting their lifters to the very end. Their lifters are the best in the world in their mind. Don't say otherwise. So Good. let's just say they support them so much that the whites were always light at this meet. The, the lights were always white at this meet. You were talking about that last episode, Muhammad Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That shit was soft as fuck. You could just li- li- like lift the weight in any way and you get white lights and Iranian gnats. I think they're going to have some problems when they come to IPF Worlds. IPF, you know, because of the judging or because of the oils? Both. Both of them? Yeah. Well, I mean, they had a problem in Dubai. All right, so we had USAPL Nationals, Great Britain, Norway, Yeah. Iran. Iran. Any, o- any other Nationals going on? No, nah, I don't think so. There might be some we just don't know about. Who knows? All right, who's pissing hotter? Iranian gnats, hottest gnats. Yeah. It's nats. also the hottest temperatures and also the hottest. It's the hottest piss around there. Yeah. I mean, Daytona was pretty hot. Uh, I was wet. I mean, there was a lot of hot. There's a lot of hotness going on in the venue, but of the actual lifters lifting. Yeah, I don't think it was too hot. It wasn't too hot. But, you know. Dan Bell lurking around probably raised, raised the heat level. <laughs> Andy and John were around, but I think John was pretty cold. Yeah, John looked like, you know. Off season. He's got no meats coming up, right? He's yeah, it wasn't, yeah. But Dan, Dan well, Dan Dan said he was oh, off everything. Yeah. He, I mean, he still looked hot. <laughs> I mean, that guy. <laughs> looked fucking great. He looked great. He did look good. He looked good. Tan, jacked. Yeah. He's trying to he's trying to, you know, add to the family. So he's trying to, you know, yeah. Get it going. Trying to get it going quick so he can get get you know, get uh get right for the meets in uh in the fall. Showdown. Yeah. 
All right, man. Iranian Nats. They got sick. What were their graphics like, though? Not not as good. As I don't know. It just seemed like a sick venue, and like I was just so. Then I was watching Muhammad Muhammad all these uh, training videos, and he's like sick gym. They got all these IPF banners. I'm like these guys have hardly ever done an IPF event, but I think because of you know they they're just getting a lot of support right now to get the program going. Should we move to Iran, dude? Ah. <sighs> uh. <laughs> I don't know, do you? But do you remember when we went to Dubai and Luis thought you can take us. a ferry from uh, through the Strait of Ormuz to just go visit Iran for the day? Do you remember that? And I was like, "Yo, you might yeah, get hit with a torpedo." That was like the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, they literally just like they literally just like put a mine on the on the side of a fucking U.S. like cargo uh, ship." It was British, but oh yeah, yeah. But then Trump was involved. There was just like. I was like, yo, you can't take a ferry across that. I was like, first of all, you get ramrodded by a huge cargo ship because nobody crosses it. They just go like in and out of it. And I was like, and also like they're literally just people like blowing up ship. Like you can't ferry to Iran. I don't think they like us there. I think you need a visa to enter as well. So we shot down Luis's dreams. He thought he was going to like take the day off and coach in the middle of the week and go to Iran. Whenever we travel for like, a competition or just in general to travel. Like we like to get ahead of ourselves with the planning. And usually Luis gets, he wants to see the most. He wants to do the most, do he wants the to most. see the most, eat the most, eat the most. He wants to get it all crammed in there. He wants his money's worth. If you're, if you're doing an international trip. So he's like, we're at Dubai and he's like, all right, should we go to um, Abu Dhabi or, yeah, we Should could we go to it. Qatar. It's the Qatar, Qatar. Yeah. Bahrain. Like Bahrain, yeah. But we could fly into Bahrain first, and then we can go to Dubai. And then, you know, maybe we could just, like, go, like, look at Iran. It's, like, right across the water. It's right there. You know? It's, it's right like, there. Well, we could check out. You know, that'd be sick. We're just like, dude. Can't do that. And I was also like, dude, there's nothing for you in Bahrain to see. And he's like, yo, it looks oh, sick. Bahrain's nice, dude. Yeah, it's like the richest country in the world. Dude, but I want to see not the, a lot of tourism. I want to see the F1 track. That shit's sick. It's cool. Not it's a lot cool. of tourism there. The F1 track, dude. So, All right. It's 1 a.m. Iranian dude, Nationals, all I'm saying. No, we forgot Iranian Nationals, but we, we, we backtracked. But uh, I would just say, like, you know, if you see results, you're scared of a big Iranian lifter, don't worry about it. The Don't judging, worry about the it. judging ain't really up to snuff. Yeah, it ain't real. And the testing might not be either. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see. And where did I'm looking at this map now? Where the fuck did we want to go? <laughs> well, we're trying to. Oh, do Oman, Oman, Oman. He was like, "Yo, what's in Mo- Oman? We could take like a two-hour flight to Muscat." And I was like, "Dude, there's nothing in Muscat." <laughs> <laughs> It probably is. We're probably just being ignorant. No, we're I know not. it's probably just a lot of sand. <laughs> we're not, dude. There's Bahrain. Yeah. You know what? It, it was that. I'm it was Oman. Set. I'm all set on that, man. Yeah. Call me an ignoramus. I'm good, dude. Yeah, I'm good. I'm all set. You know where I want to go? I want to go to fucking Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Stavanger. Yeah, I want to go to Stavanger. Hopefully they let us in. Yeah. You think they'll let us in, dude? I won't say right now, because I think right now, no. But I think I might have to make some some moves in the fall that they, they, they'll have to let me in. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. 
All right, man. Well, thank you for listening if you've made it this far. Hopefully you're subscribed. Hopefully you're liking our shit. After the last episode, a lot of people shared us on their story. I reposted every one that I could, so keep doing it. It was fun. Yeah, and we're going to be turning these things out. We're getting new, some new equipment. Um, we'll be back on a regular schedule now that uh, you know training for nationals is done. I don't know when I'm gonna train again. Who cares? Yeah, and I'm just I'm just chilling right now. So we'll get we'll we'll start banging them out. You know, start sending us uh, some things you want us to talk about. The DMs are always filled with stuff. Um, we always get really good suggestions from the listeners. Um, J. Mike is sending us our sweatshirts, so I'm excited to see those. I'm pumped, dude. We're gonna wear them on the podcast. I ain't gonna wear them anytime soon. Not it's hot yeah, down not here. soon. Yeah, yeah. J. Mike, you should make stringers, dude. <laughs> you look like fucking Kai Green in that Gat Sports. Dude, did you see the the post that Kai Green posted? No. Today? No. Kai Green's back, dude. Look at this. You know, Kai Green may be famous for the grapefruit, but this post. Don't watch the grapefruit video. It might be the banana. That's all I'm going to say. What the fuck? I just saw Kelsey McCarthy's Olympic weightlifting now. Good for you. He looks fucking good. Yeah, dude. I've been always jealous of his hair. That's his real hair. I mean, let's after, just say after you've watched the grapefruit video, can you not? I'm not, not really look at him the same. No, I'm not surprised by what's going on in that picture, though. I saw way too much of the grapefruit video. I thought it would stop after he penetrated the grapefruit. It didn't. It just kept going. It was a rough day for me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you were watching that shit. You tried to show me. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Well, I was trying to bring other people down with me. but I watched um, it for a little bit, but not. <laughs> started getting too crazy. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Do yourself a favor and don't watch the grapefruit video. Yeah. On that note, later. Good night.